Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello and welcome once again to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a craft beer and a movie podcast based in Chico, California, and my name is Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. What's shaking all you beautiful bacons? You ever wonder or like realize that people can't really respond? I like to think that someone, because you say something to that effect every week, like, what's crap? What's what's crapping? What's cracking? What's happening? Or like, what's shaking? And I want to think like somebody's just every week, like gripping their steering wheel a little tighter. Be like, I'm good, but he can't hear me. I just think it's funny that you're always like, what's going on? And like, if I didn't say anything, it would just be like, and we'd all just kind of wonder. But hopefully, because uh, I do think it's a bit of a rhetorical question, my friend. Um, so to answer it for everybody, and this is just my hope, I hope everyone's doing well um, to, well, I guess before we even get into that, Johnny, let's talk about social media. We'll get out where people can find us, follow us, talk to us. What are those places? Uh, rate review on Apple Podcasts. That's a really important thing. It helps people find us. Instagram sure and Twitter are at Fresh Hop Cinema. Letterboxed and Untapped at Fresh Hop Cinema. Me and Max both have our own Letterboxed. I am Johnny Summers, but Fresh Hop Cinema is in the name. Yep. So is his. So if you just search Fresh Hop Cinema, we should both pop up. I am keeping mine pretty current. And I know Max has been putting <laughs> a lot of work in this last week to get his all up to date. So please do not let his work be in vain. Yeah, Follow thanks. him. Interact. Let's talk about movies. It's, it's really fun. Uh, you can email us at FHCCast, C-A-S-T. FHCcast at gmail.com. How we make this show happen, it's it's you guys. You, the ones listening. No, yeah. not just everyone. You, right there in <laughs> your car. We're talking to you. I am talking directly to you. Look into my eyes and thank you. Oh, put them back on the road. Put them back on the road. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You almost caught yeah. a car crash. Jeez, Jesus Louise. Christ. That was a test and you failed. God, what, what, <laughs> if I told you to don't jump off a bridge, would you do that too? Maybe. Uh, but you there, thank you for being a patron. And if you're not a patron... Thank you for listening anyway, but you'd be a lot cooler if Fair. you joined our Patreon. Uh, we have all kinds of fun content Max is going to tell you about in a minute, but where you're going to find that is patreon.com slash cinema. It helps keep this going, uh, and I know times have been tough this year and the last year because 2021, sure. all the years. Uh, life's just hard right now, and if you're still giving us money, you kick ass. That's the point. So, Max, please tell them about what they can get with Patreon. Yeah. Patreon is just, it, it's like, you see all these big podcasts. You got folks like Joe Rogan or Ira Glass doing their thing. They got all these corporate sponsorships. And Johnny, you are correct, man. Like we don't have that, nor do we want it. We like our grassroots movement. And that is on Patreon where you, if you so choose, can give us like a buck or two bucks or three bucks each and every week. And it helps us keep the show going. It helps us buy beers or rent movies. Um, sometimes just feel inspired, like people care enough to give us their hard-earned cash. And it's not a one-sided relationship because in return, we give you all sorts of fun stuff like uh, bonus content, namely extra beer reviews, movie reviews. We just came off of our um, bonus content for this week, which to all of our patrons will be coming out Sunday, uh, the 17th. We reviewed a beer from Altamont called Instant Stratification. So we'll put that stuff out on Patreon. And that is just the bare minimum for joining. If you go higher up, say you want to give us $3 or $5 an episode, we do all sorts of fun stuff, and we've just revamped it, uh, albeit maybe nine months late in the game, but to be more sort of COVID-friendly. So if you want to give us uh, 3 or $5 a month, we will have 
uh, let's call them virtual movie nights where we all kind of chat and figure out a time to watch a movie. And we all talk about it via like Facebook messenger or Twitter during the screening of that movie. I borrowed that idea from a friend, Lauren of the show. Um, or we'll maybe bring a fun beer by your doorstep once a month. It'll be a beer we've covered on the show. And you're like, Oh gosh, darn it. I wish I could have that beer. Wabam. The day our show is released, you might find it on your doorstep. If that kind of stuff appeals to you, go ahead. You can, you can get a beer from us once a month. If anyone that's does the math crazy. on that, it does seem like a mistake not to do this, but that's ridiculous. we don't want you to do it for the math and the good deals. We want it to be done out of the love in your heart, but if you did want to fall back on like, a beer is basically, you're basically going out and buying a beer with having free delivery, which is pretty fun. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you sneak previewed the beer review that's coming up, but yeah. we actually have a three-pronged entertainment attack on Patreon. Love it. It's not just beer reviews. It's three things. We're going to be doing more beer reviews, obviously. Sure. Always. We're going to be doing a brand new segment that we brainstormed because we're idiots. <laughs> and it's basically a crash course. It's going to be like film production or like cinema 101 yeah. for idiots named Johnny about like, for example, our first episode on Patreon is going to be what the hell does a producer do? Because I don't know, and I've seen so many movies, I should know what they do. It's tossed so, around so much, like you see it on the movie, like directed by, and we're like, okay, yes, I understand. Or like starring, we're like, yes, we know what that means. And it's like producer, it's like, what in the heck can a producer even do? So if you're like um, Johnny, who I think maybe knows very little, and I know slightly more, but still very little, we're doing a crash course. We'll have producers, executive producers, DPs, probably directors, casting directors. We're going to have like a whole little mini series on who What's makes movies. What's the best boy? Sure, best boy, a boom operator. Maybe you're like, boom, does he do explosives? No, it's a microphone. Get with it. So, right. You know, so Patreon. if you want to learn with us, that's the second phase of our three-pronged attack. What's and I'm personally third? very pretty excited about that. The third is one that we just recently did, and it is a top five list of various things that we decide on our beautiful whims that come out of our heads. Our little drunken brains go out into the airwaves and into your ears. And we did a top five last week of our top five Pixar films. This was very confusing for some people because Disney <laughs> and Pixar are very symbiotic. There was some crossover. Yep. There's yep. a lot of crossover. I had to message a lot of people and yep. say, that's Disney. That's Disney. Um, but we did top five Pixar films because we covered Soul last week. Yep. And a lot of people were saying that that's already immediately maybe the best Pixar movie ever. And we said, whoa, now we said, hold, hold your, your britches on like easy. Let's do a top five list and find out what people really feel. So we actually did a top five. So that's the three pronged entertainment attack that you can anticipate. If you join Patreon, let's talk about some of the listener feedback that we had from our top five from last week, Max. Yeah. So really briefly, I wanted to, and part of the perk on Patreon is like, we actually discussed all these, we, Johnny and I discussed our top five for about 15 or 20 minutes. But without diving into all those details, Johnny Summers, from five to one, your top five were Monsters, Inc., Brave, Coco, Onward, and at number one, Toy Story. And mine from five was Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Soul, Coco, so double Coco there, uh, and Inside Out. Now, we did get a lot of feedback. Um, we're not going to read everybody's list, but I did want to give a shout out really quickly to both of our Austins on Patreon. Brian, uh, with help from the mighty Maximus and Alexander formulating a pretty good list as well, Jared Schmidt, Brandon, and a friend of mine, Aaron Will, who managed to write in as well, and he shared a number one with our friend Johnny Summers. They both said, Toy Story is the best Disney Pixar film 
of all time. So I know I wanted to say that. Johnny, I know you have some bad news. Somebody's list has to be disqualified. Yeah, we pretty much have to excommunicate Brandon Duran. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> Why? You're, you're dead to us now because oh. he put a short film and we specifically stated that the rules are not inclusive of short films. Now, Brandon's not the only person that made this mistake. Piper um, is, is a Disney short. Jared also submitted his first list and it included Kitbull, which is another Disney short. It's about um, a little cat who meets a dog who's been forced to fight other dogs and they escape Majestic. It's lovely. They're all really great. Piper's great too. They are just not feature length Disney Pixar films. So Brandon, Good Dinosaur, Cars, Coco, Finding Dory, amazing choices. Piper, even an amazing choice. Sadly, my friend, not that there's a prize here, but you cannot win it if there was. I apologize so much and I still very much care about you. I think Johnny says you're out though. You're out of the cool guy club. <laughs> um, I'm looking through these lists. I'm trying to, I think Brandon's the only one that had Good Dinosaur maybe at all. Um, yep. Austin uh, Big Bald had the wise decision of putting The Incredibles at the top of his list, which was a very good move because it is fantastic. It's in my top five. It's in uh, several top fives across the board. Johnny, any other decisions in these top fives that you want to highlight? Uh, I really liked Coco showing up. I mean, I don't think that was very surprising. Uh, and I was a little bummed that only two people had Onward in uh -huh. their top fives, uh -huh. but also both Austins. Yeah, weird how that works. So I don't know. Maybe if you're named Austin, you just have better taste in movies. Figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's also worth noting that when you mentioned Coco, literally everyone, you and myself included, put Coco except for Jared, which gives me some concern about Jared, who's been with us I for a very long like time. But my God, man, what's the matter with you? I feel like he doesn't have a heart, maybe I, even a soul. I, I don't know. Jared, if you look in the mirror, do you see a reflection <laughs> or are you just a damn vampire? <laughs> I'm wondering if, Jared, let us know, man. It, if I'd love to hear a case for why it's not in your top. If it's not, that's fine. I'm wondering if there's a chance you just haven't seen it because I can't figure out why it, it wouldn't be in your top five. So honestly, let us know, everybody. Um, but I think I, I wanted to say mostly thanks to everybody that wrote in. That's a lot of fun. Um, we had fun making our top five. The engagement's always really fun. Um, you got anything else on, on our Disney Pixar top five? Or do we, do nope. we spank it on the bottom and send it on its way? Max, I'm thirsty, I am so thirsty. As, <laughs> as shit, and I need a beer. Okay, what is our brewery of the week, dude? You pick this out. Um, I'm I'm All I know right now is that there's a really fun-looking can in front of me, but before I even talk about the can or the beer, who, who made this thing? Yeah, so this is a brewery that's pretty new to me. It was just distributed to our area, and it is called Wild Mind Artisan Ales. They're out of Minneapolis, <sighs> not Minneapolis. I was hoping you'd say it. Minneapolis. No, Minneapolis, <laughs> Minnesota. Uh, a little bit about them. I will read you some background from their website. Who we are. In August 2016, Wild Mind Artisan Ales opened in South Minneapolis to deliver funky wild beers to the neighborhood. To make this happen, our head brewer traveled around Minnesota to harvest yeast strains from various wild fruit bushes, trees, and wildflowers. We used that yeast to create wild, sour, farmhouse, saison, and other rustic-style ales through aging, blending, and mixed fermentation. Our beers are designed to buck convention and stretch the flavor profiles of what beer can be. Whether it's a barrel-fermented sour or a heavy, heavily hopped IPA, our wild yeast makes each beer unique and packed with a depth of flavor that'll keep you coming back for more. So they are taking semi-traditional and very traditional things and then really just kind of shaking them up, getting a little crazy, getting a little wild, uh, and I'm pretty excited about them. 
This first beer is called Strawberry Number 23. It's a sour ale, as are both our beers this week. Mm-hmm. It's 4.5%. This is a collaboration with New Image Brewing out of Arvada, Colorado. Nice. Yeah, it's a sour ale, brewed in collaboration, like you said, with our dear friends at New Image, uh, modeled after a mutually loved strawberry gin cocktail. Strawberry Number 23 is a firmly acidic and pleasantly well-rounded fruited sour brewed with strawberry. Passion fruit, lemon, hibiscus, and vanilla. Wow. Dry hopped with El Dorado for an additional punch of sweet tropical fruit flavor. Um, Johnny, it feels like we'd be remiss if we didn't do this. So would you please describe the can to me? Yeah. So the can is a really cool, like yellowy kind of color. Like and it's golden all yellow. Yeah. Golden yellow. And it's all like super solid colors. And it's got this giant, like almost like clip art, pop art, like comic booky strawberry. Mm-hmm. And it's made of Roman numerals. It's X X I I I and it's or yeah, I yeah, I, I, yeah. I I suppose. Uh, uh yeah, it's just really beautiful. That's what gravitated me towards this, you know, I'm a sucker for really cool can art. And this one just whoop, sucked me right in. And I'm like, whoa, this is wild. And our especially our second can too, because we're both Mario Kart fans. Oh um, yeah, yeah we are. So I was immediately like, oh, and you'll hear more about that in our second beer. But yeah, so these beers, they drew me in with their can art, and then I read like kind of what they were about. Oh, they specialize. Uh, Andy uh, from SNS, where I picked these up, we were talking about this brewery and how they, they specialize in sour ales, and they're really just doing some outside-the-box, really interesting flavor kind of mashups and really experimenting with how far they can push flavor profiles and stuff like that. So it was a no brainer. I have never heard of this brewery. They have amazing packaging, marketing, and some really interesting descriptions. Like just reading that, I was like, "Mm, okay, I kind of want to try that. Uh, And this podcast is the perfect vessel for that attitude of, huh, I want to try that. So here we are. We're at strawberry number 23. Have you poured it? Have you smelled it? Have you tasted it? Have you made sweet, sweet love to it? I have done three of the four. I'll let the listener decide which three that was. It's only been 30 seconds, so depending on what you think about me, that may or may not be possible to have done all four. It smells and tastes and, you know, looks really good, man. It's, um, there's a really interesting flavor that I'm getting. It's almost herby, um, but it's so specific and I can't quite put my tongue on it yet. But off the bat, yeah, super acidic, not so bitey and punchy in the lymph nodes, but very much like... Like, I don't know, like the 4.5% ABV is really throwing me because it feels like it should be more. Not that it's overly heavy or anything, but there's a lot of personality in this glass right now. Um, it, it pours like a really, I don't know, like sort of a really dense grapefruit juice or maybe even a guava juice, kind of like a Kern's guava. Um, very little carbonation is left around the top of it. There's no bubbles going on, very little head, a little bit of lacing around the edge. But um, first impression, very, very good. There's a lot of depth. I'm looking forward to diving a little bit deeper, but I, I like it off the bat. The vanilla is um, surprisingly aggressive. What Have you tried it yet? Yeah. Yeah. I've had a few sips. Uh, the first, it pours, like you said, just a crazy, like wild color. It reminds me of like a Mai Tai or like some crazy tropical cocktail. Totally. And that makes total sense that that's what this is inspired by, uh, a strawberry gin cocktail. Yep. Uh, I, then that's, if you're familiar with gin at all, there is a very heavy herbal presence in gin, which makes complete sense why you're picking up that on the nose that that's, that's there intentionally. So, um, when I smelled it, what I can describe the smell as is if a strawberry meringue pie existed, that's what Mm. it would smell like. 
That's interesting. You've got like these beautiful, like, like, you know, that just lovely, like fresh meringue smell of just that whipped deliciousness. It's got that, the vanilla and the tartness and the strawberry citrus acidity, juicy jamminess all mixed together and give you this really, it's like a little, it's not a roller coaster. It's that really, really gross ride at the fair. That's like a giant strawberry, and when you sit in it, you can spin the thing, (laughs) and it'll just spin you around like crazy, and you don't know which way is up. That's what this beer is doing to my mouth. Yeah, it is wild, man. It is is a bit of a uh, wild ride. Um, I was looking up just kind of random strawberry gin cocktails, and I feel like the one that rings truest is probably like a strawberry gin smash, even though that kind of incorporates mint as well. Um, I couldn't find a cocktail that is called um, Strawberry Number Twenty Three, but if there is one, um, I'd like to know. Which is all to say, I super agree. And if there is this cocktail and there's a recipe out there, I want to drink it because right. I am satisfied with this beer. But um, sometimes a four point five percent sour beer isn't the same; um, doesn't scratch the same itch as needing a nice gin cocktail. But um, I super like it, man. This is really, really good. I've gone back for a couple more drinks at this point. I am at this point probably going to take one more drink and see what I don't like, but off the bat, like I really, really like it, man. It's, it's super unique too. Um, I don't, at least on my first couple drinks here, think that the dry hopping of the Eldorado adds too much. Um, but I could be wrong. I obviously haven't put them side by side with a version that doesn't do that. Um, but it does seem like a weird move to me. Not really, because when you dry hop, uh, hops, you don't get any of the bitterness. You get all of the notes of, uh, tropical, melony, strawberry, all those things. Like well, sure. if you dry hop this yeah. with strata, it would bring out the strawberry notes in it. So right. it actually kind of makes perfect sense to get more of that like sweet tropical punch, like it says in the the description, that you would you would actually get a bit more of that from the dry hopping. Like dry hopping doesn't add bitterness; it only adds flavor. Totally. I guess I guess what I was sort of projecting is that I don't know a whole lot about the Eldorado hop flavor wise, but as I'm looking it up here. Um, it's described on the Yakima Valley Hops website as, you know, bright and tropical and super acidic with aromas of pear and watermelon and stone fruit. So, yeah, I guess that checks out. Um, it's just there's so much of that strawberry and particularly vanilla that I'm like, I don't even know if I'm picking up on the Eldorado flavors at all. But maybe I am and I just don't know it. Yeah. The spear really reminds me of like sour punch straws. I love sour punch straws. <laughs> They're so good. They're my favorite, like one of my favorite. And like if they made a strawberry sour punch straw, that's what this would taste like. I'm sure they do. I've never seen it, and I'm pretty well versed in the candy aisle. <laughs> um, yeah, man. You ever uh, you ever get them and stick them in an icy back in the day, like the big ones, the round ones? They were like straws, and you could do Yeah. Them. Man, just di- diabetes oh, yeah. in a glass right there. Yep. My, parents, my move was the, uh, the, the Coca-Cola icy with a blue sour straw. The Coca-Cola? I like the Coca-Cola Icy. You maniac. I mean, I like it too, but I'm not mixing sour blue raspberry straws with it. That's oh, absurd. Yeah. Then, well, I re- do you remember the the blue Pepsi that came out? I, I most certainly do not. When was they that? Made like a, they made, there was some time between 1990 and 2005. That's my guess. Okay. You can Google it. And it was, it was like blue Pepsi. And I think Coke made like a blueberry flavored Coke. Which of those when companies it, owns Mountain Dew? Pepsi. Yeah. Do you think they were just like, well, we have Baja Blast, so now we need to make, you know, Tropical Splash Pepsi? No, Baja Blast came out way later, and it was exclusive for Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. <laughs> yeah. Was it really? Because that's how it feels. 
No, 100. percent yeah, It okay, was great. only canned and packaged because it was so popular at Taco Bell. That's that was wild. originally a Taco Bell exclusive recipe. I actually worked at Taco Bell when Baja Blast came out, and I we were like the only place. Bell? I worked at Taco Bell for a year after high school. Yeah, and uh, the only place you could get Baja Blast was at Taco Bell. Huh. That's uh, a weird. Pe- that's a weird yeah. move. Like, hey, you you know what you really. I know what everybody's craving, which is Baja Blast Mountain Dew. So get your butts in a Taco Bell. Quiero Baja Blast. Right. I think it it came out as kind of a promo because they had like the Baja Gordita. So like they launched like the Baja sauce. Oh, okay. So it was like part of like a combo deal where you got like a Baja Blast and like a Baja Gordita. And like, like a cheesy Baja Blast on top of your Gordita Crunch. And dip it. Just dip it right <laughs> in the Baja <laughs> so Blast. Gross. Just dip your tacos right yeah. in it. America. Uh, Pepsi. I just Googled Pepsi Blue, yeah. and it's as revolting looking as I remembered, but I loved this shit. Yeah, it was okay. a berry-flavored soft drink produced by PepsiCo, and it came out. It dis, was discontinued in 2004. Yeah, that makes sense. And it was introduced in 2002. So long run for the yeah. Pepsi Blue. Great, man. That's a, that's wild. That's a hell of a tangent, by the way. That was a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, yeah. So wait. So what I was going to ask you, now that I've had a few more sips of this, like what, what do you not like about strawberry number 23? Um, it's the same thing I'm going to gripe about with everything in this style Mm -hmm. is just the acidity. It's going to give me heartburn eventually, but the spear is tremendously delicious. This is one of the most unique and intriguing and, um, orally confusing, but also enjoyable sours I've had in a while. There's honestly, other than the heartburn factor, which I can't even factor in because it's not fair to the beer. There's not much I don't like about this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, me too. Um, I don't have quite the same, I think I've said this before a bunch of times, but I don't have the same literally physical reaction to, to sour beers that you do. I do have sort of the same palate reaction, like over time, something this acidic and bright, um, and mouthwatery does get to me. So for that reason, it's not a perfect beer, but I really like what's going on. Like I I really think the addition of the vanilla, which could have easily been substituted for like a lactose thing, which Mm -hmm. would have, I think thicken it up a little bit mouthfeel wise, but I think that the vanilla is the way to go because it keeps it light. And if maybe if it were like a 6.5% beer, that would have been a good move. But with something that is only four and a half percent, I think keeping it as light and flavorful as possible is, is the way to go. So I, I like it a lot, dude. I'm, I'm about ready to give it a rating if you are. Uh, I think so. Okay. Then uh, age before beauty. Wait, that's me. Uh, yes. I thought you said mean, <laughs> but it's, it's mean. And, and yes, it is you. No, it's not that mean. Um, I feel like this beer is an 8.8. Yeah, I think it's a nine. So we're basically saying the same thing with slight decimal differentials, but it's so good, man. I, I yeah, I, this is also one thing that I've enjoyed about the past, um, maybe a couple months where we've been doing the same brewery every week. I I'm very excited for what this brewery has to offer for our second beer, mm-hmm. especially because exactly. it's in the same vein stylistically. Um, the next one's just another sour that we'll talk about in a bit, but, um, I think for now, if you're okay with it, we'll put strawberry number 23 to bed with an 8.8 for you and a nine for me. What do you think? I think so. If you're into sours, I'm going to say it now. Don't sleep on this brewery. Yeah. In that same vein, where did you get it? How much was it? Uh, SNS got both the beers there and this was six ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, it's a little pricier, but I, you know, it's a pint can. I don't know if we said that. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it, especially for for what it is and the uniqueness of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you should definitely look into it if you're a big fan of the style. So that's okay. it for me, man. It's good stuff. Putting it to bed. 
I'm going to play you, my friend, a trailer for the new film by Miranda July called Kajillionaire. When we come back from that trailer, we're not going to spoil anything without giving you ample heads up. So if you haven't seen it yet, don't worry. But again, here's a trailer for Kajillionaire. After this person. And clear. Now. There's a camera there, there, and there. Cash. Nope, in any order. This is not a cheap tie. Most people want to be cajillionaires. That's the dream. That's how they get you hooked. Hooked on sugar, hooked on caffeine. Ha, 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 cry, cry, cry. Me, I prefer to just skim. So do I. February, March, April? Uh, we may have to pay in installments. Rent is an installment. It's a monthly installment. They are real characters, super unique. But you vouch for them, right? She learned to forge before she learned to write. Well, actually, that's how she did learn to write. My favorite movies are the Ocean Eleven movies. This is exactly the kind of thing that I've been wanting. So what do your parents do, hon? Hun, you've never called me that. But you could if it was a job, though, right? You're addicted to them. They're my parents. In what sense? We split everything three ways. We have since I was little. I don't want to do it that way this time. Don't. You want us to be false, fake people. We don't make pancakes or wrap up little birthday presents. Or call you sweetheart or baby. Or do a little dance. I thought it was insulting to treat you like a child. And I thought we agreed on that. We can only ever be how we are. This is the way the big one starts. If you're lucky, you'll get crushed. And then you'll you just die right then and there. Again, that was a trailer for Kajillionaire. Um, Johnny, you want to read me the synopsis? I think I borrowed this from, um, I think, just uh, Letterboxd, but I could be wrong. Go ahead and read it. You are you are prepared for this. I just stole it, which <laughs> I, I think is fitting it. for the movie. Right? So Two in. con artists have spent 26 years training their only daughter to swindle, scam, and steal at every turn. During a desperate and hastily conceived heist, they charm a stranger into joining them. Only to have their entire world turned upside down. Yeah. So again, it's a film written and directed by Miranda July. Her last feature film was back in 2011 called The Future. Neither of us have seen that. But this film stars um, as the two con artists, Richard Jenkins and Deborah Winger, who play the parents, Robert and Teresa Dine, to the daughter, Old Dolio Dine, played by Evan Rachel Wood. Um, You also mentioned uh, a stranger in your description, which is uh, Melanie, played by Gina Rodriguez, who I think I last saw in Annihilation. And this is a very different role slash different movie in general. Um, this came out at Sundance in 2020. It was released to video on demand October 16th. So we're a little bit uh, behind the eight ball here. And it runs an hour and 46 minutes long. Johnny, I remember you mentioning that you wanted to watch Kajillionaire. It was also on my list, but I, I remember this being towards the the top of what you wanted to see. So why don't you take me through your, your experience first? Yeah. So I didn't know a ton about this movie except just the the surface level background kind of that I just read. Uh, and and I ended up 
very surprised by this movie. I'll just say that right away. Yeah. Um, what I found instead of just, you know, kind of a grifter heist movie, um, it was really more in depth and it really examined, uh, you know, mother daughter relationships and the relationship between parents and children. Uh, and it got a bit more meta and it had a bit broader stroke that I wasn't expecting, Mm -hmm. but I was pleasantly surprised by, I think this movie has two distinct halves and they have very distinct feels and I was really pleased with this movie. It was a very unique viewing experience. The writing, the characters, uh, they were all just so strikingly unique. And I really loved the way they interacted. I think the plot was interesting. Um, it was happy. It was sad. It was moving. Uh, overall, it was a very enjoyable film experience. And uh, it was interesting and sad and yeah i think it it makes you run a whole gamut of emotions and i was not expecting the depth of empathy that i felt for the main character old dolio so pleasantly surprised and um i'm gonna go ahead and say i'm pretty sure i i really love this movie that's interesting so i i didn't know much going in either i knew that evan rachel wood was in it um i'd last seen her i think we both probably had last seen her in westworld she played Dolores. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Jenkins is good in just about everything he does. I don't want to overshadow him with other stuff, though it's not his movie. Um, and just because I won't talk about her too much more, um, Deborah Winger does a great job, and Gina Rodriguez is fantastic in this as well. But I didn't know a lot going in, and it definitely felt more like a sort of offbeat comedy heist movie, like, um, you know, somewhere between uh, like anything Elijah Wood is in, plus like Ocean's Eleven. And it's not that you're absolutely right. It's not that movie at all. What it ends up being is more of like a love child of like, I don't know, like, like parasite meets Napoleon dynamite meets like the Florida project. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I don't know if most people listening have seen the Florida project, Sean Baker film that came out a couple years ago, definitely see it. Um, But yeah, it, it spends a lot more time exploring sort of, yeah, like parenthood and sort of the illusions and, failure of the American dream and, and capitalism and what it means to like be happy in life. And, um, I don't think I liked it as much as you did. Um, though I, it did. Yeah. It threw me a curveball, and this is another one that's going to be tough to get into plot stuff without spoiling. So we'll do our best for now, but I think Evan Rachel Wood does a really good job as old Dolio. Um, for anyone that hasn't seen the movie, Johnny and I aren't affectionately just throwing out the word old in front of that. That's actually her name. Um, and, to spoil that right now would be both uh, too funny and too heartbreaking to mention. So we won't, um, that is her name, old Dolio. And and she's, yeah, she's got like this super like cousin it kind of hair and, and she's 26 and has been raised. Yeah. By her parents to be like this con artist. And um, the way their relationships play out um, throughout Southern California is, is um, it's weird, man. It's a weird movie. And it, yeah, it caught me off guard for sure, but I, I did like it, but, I didn't love it. I don't think. Okay. How much can we get into plot wise without spoiling stuff? Probably not much more than that. I, okay. Well then I will dance around this, but I do want to say that like, cause at first I was confused. Like, cause I went in thinking like comedy and, and there are a ton of comedic elements here and I liked a lot of it and I laughed a lot, but there's a particular sequence that happens in an old man's house where 
I was first like, okay, like there's going to be some emotion that is being pulled out of me that I wasn't prepared to necessarily have surfaced during this. Yeah. Um, let's just jump into spoiler time. There's no reason we should beat around the bush. This is, it's going to be too vague to talk about not specifically. Okay. Well then we got to rate it first. Okay. Let's rate this movie so we can do that then. Um, okay. 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 Give me your rating out of 10. Out of 10. I feel like this is, uh, this is, uh, eight, seven. That's so high. Okay. 8.7. Okay, I'm going to put you in charge of notes because I'm putting both hands up to my eyes and closing them so I can just think that I get this right because I've been sitting on this for a couple days now. Um, I, Man, I really think Evan Rachel Wood did a great job in this. Like she does this weird, like her voice, just the voice acting alone. Like she is not Dolores. She's not even close to anything else I've seen her in. Um, I'm trying to figure out if if my my hesitation for rating it higher is just because of the way it made me feel, which is by design and therefore would almost be irrelevant to take a point away. But I think when we get into spoilers, it'll become clear. I'm going to go with what you said. <laughs> I'm not sure if you meant that, but you wrote seven on the notes without me saying it. And that's what I was going to go with. Yep. Yeah. I took a guess. It's a really good guess. Yeah. Seven. Um, with room to change by the end of this conversation, because I'm not a hundred percent, but um, for now we'll say seven for you. 8.7 for me. And we'll move into spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, that sometimes we don't rate movies higher because they made us feel how they were trying to make us feel. And we didn't like it. I really try not to do that. Like I try to try to see how I'm feeling and realize that it's what they're trying to make me feel. And then try to disregard my own sort of criticisms of that, not criticisms, but negative feelings and separate that from the experience. Um, the negative feelings about the feelings. Yeah. Like you can, you can, and what's a good example. Um, the lighthouse. Great one. Didn't enjoy mm-hmm. watching that movie. It stressed me out, made me mad, uncomfortable, whatever. Um, but that's no reason to take away things from a movie. Like that's what it was going for. And it did it so well. So same thing here. Yeah. Just that, that depth of, of Just, sadness and yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, um, moving forward, we're gonna go, uh, should I press the fun danger zone button? Do it. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. All right. Once again, we're spoiling Kajillionaire. If you haven't seen it, um, spoilers inbound. If you have seen it, you'll know what we're talking about. I do think it's important to give a little context because I know there are people listening that haven't seen it and I don't want them to be completely out of the loop. So um, let's kind of sum up the movie very briefly, like in a minute. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. So old Dolio is raised by her parents, Robert and Teresa, and she's 26 living with them. They live in the shitty little place. They rent for 500 bucks. They survive day to day by these little scams and they meet Melanie on a plane and decide to do this con together where Melanie who works for like, um, an eyeglass insurance company or, or provider, they go into people's houses and steal their shit. And old Dolly was basically on this kind of trajectory of trying to not intentionally, but is clearly growing away from her parents and trying to find this independence despite being an incredibly dependent, socially awkward, um, person. And, uh, that's probably a good setup, I guess. And we'll get into yeah. more, more plot points as we start talking about this, but let's talk about the scene in, uh, in Abe's house. I think his name was Abe, right? Yeah, I think so. So essentially just a little bit of setup. They yeah. are going to old people's houses because Melanie gets invited to these old people that are lonely just to like hang out with them. So she's like, we could steal their antiques and like just scam them. So yeah. they're going there to like grab this dude's, at this point, they're just stealing checkbooks and writing checks to themselves. Yes. So, um, 
Yeah, man. So they walk in and this dude like is dying. Yeah. I think it's important too, to, to mention as they're outside of the door, like Mel- to Melanie, their adventure is what I thought this movie was going to be, which is to say, she's like, Oh, you guys are like con artists. Like, let's do a freaking heist. Like I'm super game. Um, yeah. Melanie feels like Gina Rodriguez's portrayal of Melanie at the very least feels like it's in a totally <laughs> different movie. I don't know where this girl came from, but she is not in the world that the Dines are in, which I think is commentary, no. but they're outside of this guy's house. And Melanie's like, ugh, he's such a total creep. And like, he's like, can you just bring me my glasses? And she's like, I don't normally do that. But when I told him I was bringing my family by, he just lit up. Ugh, what a creepy old man. And then, yeah, they go inside and he's like, a, he's like on oxygen. He's like in his room, clearly not long for this world. And he, at one point literally says like, I'm trying to die. Um, and the, so it's, it's like, it's Robert and Teresa and old Dolio and Melanie kind of all out in the living room. And they're like rummaging through his stuff, trying to find his checkbook. And, um, he, one of them says something kind of innocuous to the other. And from the bedroom, you hear him say like, that's good. Like maybe knock some silverware around like just trying to glean a little bit of warmth of what you imagine his life used to be. Um, and then I think in, in maybe the most touching sequence of the film, like they fall into these roles, like Melanie starts playing the piano and, um, Robert and Teresa kind of start bickering and asking old Dolio about her school. Um, and I guess we'll get back to old Dolio's feelings in a minute, but for the moment, just Abe, like you can tell he's loving it. And we know as the audience, like we're just waiting for him to die so they can steal his shit, which is awful. Um, and at one point, like Richard Jenkins, Robert goes and tells Dolio to like go check on him to see if he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says something, he's like, it's just nice, like to the effect of like, it's nice to have people here. Like, don't, don't do anything to the house. Like I told my kids they could have it and they're not bad kids. They're just busy, which is so heartbreaking. Yeah. Like he's there alone in a house and the only assurance he's getting is from these granted bad con, con artists that are coming in to steal his stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. what ends up happening? Yeah, go ahead. It was really weird to seeing like the, the kind of the, the implied, like what life could have been like, yeah. you know, you kind of see that on old Dolio's face is just like, like, whoa, like this is so foreign and yeah. what we would, uh, what, what, to the naked eye would just be normal domesticity in a family environment is just completely foreign to her. And, uh, that was definitely one of, if not the most moving scene in the film, just for multiple reasons. I mean, it had so many layers of like, it was fucked up that they were there to rob him, but then they're like giving this guy his last wish. So in a way it was like self-servingly beautiful. And it was just, so, so many things going on in that scene. I, f- I feel like it really helped make the movie for me personally. Yeah. And, and, and once, once old Dol- cause she's kind of the last to join, join in the quote unquote fun. Like parents are arguing, Melanie's playing the piano and then they're like, Oh, it was school. And then she's finally like, Oh, school was good. You know, I enjoyed it. And that's the moment where dad is like, stop. I think he's dead. Go check. And all of this is kind of set up by like a, the massage room scene was so good too. Mm-hmm. They run these like little scams. Like they're bad con artists. Robert and Teresa are real they're bad. Not good. The only thing tragically that they are good at scamming is maybe their daughter. Right. Like she's just bought into the fact like this is life. These are my parents. They say they love me. So I should believe them. Um, mm-hmm. We're all like, Jesus, they're terrible. Um, yeah. But anyways, and also they never said they loved her. No. 
Um, but she, she didn't know any better. She's like, that's what parents do. Like we split things, everything's equal. And that's what a parent should do. Um, which is another reason the, the Abe house thing is so tragic. She's like, I didn't know people wanted anything else, but I didn't even know my parents were capable of anything else. And seeing them right. do it is like, pfft. like you get the little, just a little nugget, a little sprinkling of like, what have I been missing out on? Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, there's the massage room thing, which is kind of the first time we get sort of a full idea of her sensory overload issues. Yeah. Um, man, if you haven't seen it, basically she takes this little coupon they find in the mail in somebody else's PO box and tries no. to read. Is it not that? Nope. What is she it? She goes to the house to return the watch. She's going for a cash reward and they give her the gift certificate for the massage anyway. The parents of the watch owners give her the certificate? No, the watch owner gives the, her the gift certificate because it's their daughter. Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, great. Then she takes it back and tries to redeem it for money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the masseuse gal is like, no. And old Dolly is like, well, can I can I get that rock then? And she's basically like, no, like, I'll give you a massage because that's what it's for. And she's like, all right, fine. And like, it's it's a very both, yeah, comic and tragic scene at the same time. Because like, she starts massaging, she's like, that's too hard. How about this? And it culminates like, what if I don't touch you? Is that good? And it's all about this this girl's sort of like spirit in the middle. She's just like, I need affection. And I know that I need that, but I can't handle it. Yeah, because you've never had it. Right. And you've yeah. been basically told that you don't need it. Like you've, you, her parents have groomed her to be like this accessory to con jobs her whole life. Yeah. And it's like the sprinkling of the masseuse and Abe and Melanie, Gina Rodriguez's character that is finally like, I'm a fucking person. Like I need, and she doesn't quite come to that realization, but she's like, I need more than this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I wanted to mention that. Um, where, what else you got for this? Well, I want to talk a little bit about my viewing experience of this movie. Sure. Um, I, I subscribe to the theory that, that sometimes movies like songs, anything artistic can at times kind of like find you maybe when you need it, or maybe a uh, certain times, certain things feel significantly more relevant. Mm. Um, so, and it was an odd coincidence that I watched this movie with, my wife, Shalina, on what would have been her mother's birthday. Yeah. Um, and her mother passed, uh, what, a couple of years, years ago, ago, something like yeah. that. Um, and it was pretty well documented by by Shalina that she had a, a terrible relationship with her mother. And um, it actually sparked a really interesting conversation after we watched this movie about, like, she had to ask me, like, am I just projecting or was that, like, like hard, like, was that nailing it? Like it was really yeah. uncanny. Um, and she actually, I, I talked to her about this before we recorded, if it was okay, if I talked about it. So there's no violations Fair. happening here, but um, yeah, she actually confided in me and said that, you know, she could count the times that her mom hugged her on two hands, like mm. just crazy shit like that. Um, so what would have been her birthday was just a really weird kind of like, goosebumpy creepy day to watch this movie about this this poor young woman that has this shell of a relationship with someone that shows no affection like it hit real close to home uh for her and also for me and i was like i had to apologize after i'm like so i didn't put know that on. <laughs> yeah. i didn't know what that was because i mean i know she was having a rough night like yeah. it's not an easy day it's not an easy time of year um because her mom took her own life like 
three or four days after Shalina's birthday. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not a good time. Um, so I made a nice dinner and I was like, let's put on a movie for the podcast. It'll be fun. We'll take your mind off things. Oh, no. And I know you're bummed out. And yeah. there was several times during the watching where I almost asked, like, do you want me to turn this off? Yeah. Like I can, we can, we can make this work. And, you know, she's like, no, I'm really liking it. And, um, she absolutely loved this movie and it was a really, uh, fun experience, not fun, but it was an interesting experience getting to watch it with her to see, in a lot of ways, a relationship that paralleled her own with her mother played out on screen. Um, and it sparked some really good, uh, probably cathartic conversation. Uh, and it was it was interesting watching it with someone who had, had kind of a similar relationship, not the grifting part, but mainly the... Uh, yeah, the affection just stuff. Just the, the affection or lack thereof and the relationship. So it was, it was weird the way this movie found us on... Like that particular day, such a weird thing. Um, so that definitely impacted my viewing of this, and it, it definitely made me feel it a lot more. I know it was pretty balanced as far as like the comedy and the silliness and the absurdity mixed with the. There's this underlying th black slimy thread of sadness through this yeah. whole movie yeah. that's just accented by little glittery bright colors and and jokes and things and. Um, I think overall this movie, it was a dark comedy, but it was like very dark and like viscerally dark and just the level of sadness was, was accurate and, um, oppressive at times. And it was, it was fascinating to see it play out. And I really loved the balance they struck, like I said, with that comedy and the darkness underneath it, um, like movies can be therapy and I feel like for uh Miranda July maybe like she was writing some stuff out with this movie you don't know but like it definitely felt like something was there that maybe got translated into an artistic medium and I think and it's like anything we do anything can be therapy and like this movie was it felt like it had a lot of meaning to the filmmaker as well as I mean person I watched it with. So it, it hit pretty hard. And I think that definitely affected how much I liked it. So that's my take. That's That, that was my viewing experience and kind of why I think so highly of this movie. Yeah. I think, I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's imagined or I, I can't, I can't think that it is though. Like there is something to be said when you can feel, you know, any artist movies or, or music or, or paint, whatever type of art, any type of creative process, like if you have a reaction where you really feel that you are, um, for lack of a better phrase in the moment, like picking up what they're putting down. Yeah. Like, I think that says something like I, I didn't have that same experience obviously, but, um, it is a powerful movie and I, I don't, I haven't read or listened to any interviews of Miranda July talking about this, but, um, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Um, I think, jumping back to maybe plot stuff. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the earthquakes a little bit. Yeah. Um, Cause like it's in LA, you know, like there's earthquakes in Southern California, but this was a lot, you know? Yeah. There's um, so many. And they're constantly referring to quote the big one, you know, um, like their family, the three of them have like a strategy for when uh, an earthquake happens, like don't touch the walls. They're all electric and they're like live circuits and don't panic, just stand still. Um, I couldn't divorce the idea of like the big one, Sounding like a phrase for a con. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything there, but it did seem like a weird word choice. Like you're always look as a con artist, like you're always looking for that, the big, the big take, like the big one. Um, and as the movie ended, like 
I mean, it's all about Evan Rachel Wood. Old Dolio's sort of um, awakening might not be right, but you know, her, her almost like a rebirth. Yeah. Like it does feel like, especially that scene in the, in the, the gas station bathroom where for a minute they th- where she thinks that they're dead. Like it kind of got me thinking that maybe the earthquakes, even in LA, there's not that many earthquakes. Like maybe they're more internal. Like maybe they're indicative of like an, an, an internal tectonic shift, you know, like maybe those are cues of like, she's sort of experiencing stuff. And on, on one viewing, I'm not sure that I could pinpoint the moments in the story where it happened, but I wouldn't be surprised if I went back and it was like, yeah, something big happened here that made her question sort of her relationship or her parents or whatever. And then like pff, earthquake like that. I don't know. It seems like there's something there. Cause if not whatever futuristic uh, or weird side parallel universe LA, this is, is in real trouble with earthquakes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, the other touching scene I wanted to forgive me touch on is in the, in the parenting class, there's an exercise done by the leader of the class where she'll have a parent come up and that parent will discuss their child's uh, issues maybe, or, or communication strategies. And then the leader of the class will help them sort of deal with those and how to best communicate back to that child. And old Dolio comes up and very obviously to us describes herself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think the second or third time that somebody actually kind of touches her. And it's such a powerful thing. She's just never been loved to the point where like, it's like when you pet a puppy that's been abused, like you Mm -hmm. reach out and it just, it just runs. Like it it just kind of huddles up and tries to shrink. Even though in, in, in old Dolio's case, like she, I think she knows that she needs it, which is why she asks for that kind of stuff. Even not directly. Like, like in that case, like she just knows she needs it. Um, and it's a great scene. And I think my final thoughts are going to be culminating with kind of the, the returning of the merchandise scene where she finally mm-hmm. has like a real sort of grown up human interaction with Melanie. Yeah. Um, but before I get to that, like the parents steal all the stuff, right? They steal Melanie's stuff um, and they leave just enough merchandise for old Dolio to return to the store and get her third of the 1575 from the, you know, the airline uh, insurance claim. Right. Mm-hmm. That felt tonally too redemptive. Like, I feel like July Miranda July was almost like you should forgive them. And I, maybe I'm reading that wrong, but I, I thought I do not, I do not forgive them. No, thank you, please. Mm-hmm. What, what, how did you, what that scene do for you in the, re, the returning? No, in the, in the, we love you. We'll see you in the morning. Good night. Wake up. Stuff's oh. gone. How'd you feel? Well, I was like, yeah, maybe it was a little too, cheesy when they're like they leave and the money is all there mm-hmm. I, I was like are they really gonna make them out to be like they just changed all of a sudden and then they sh- they wake up and all the stuff's gone and i was like okay because you that i mean you out. caught <laughs> yeah because yeah. you caught the what old dolio said about before she opened I, the yes. little so yeah. with you know the money like if there's this much that means this if there's this much that means this i actually hated that line um, again, for people that haven't seen it, um, Melanie's about to open the, was like a circuit box where they stashed the money yeah. and Melanie's like, Hey, to old Dolly, like if the money's gone, they are awful and you write them off forever. And, and then she's like, old Dolly was like, okay, but if it's there, we're okay. And then right before Melanie opens it, she goes, okay, but if it's only my third and she gives like this really long explanation, which is just like, they're, they're doing the best they can. This is the only people they know how to be, but they still love me. And I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of a bit of um, sort of an expositional sort of uh, 
underhand for us. And I was like, I don't think it needed that. It was a little bit too obvious for me, but yeah. the message is clear. I'm just wondering if that, what she said connected with how it actually played out for you. Like they disappeared. Did you feel like that was like, that's the best they can do good for them. Oh, well. Well, yeah, because they left all of her presents. Yeah, but they stole I mean, all Melanie's stuff. Yeah, that's shitty. Like, yeah. they're terrible people. <laughs> like, that that was left very yeah. clear. Yeah. But also, like, honor among thieves, they left the presents, and when they redeemed them or, like, took them back, it was worth exactly her third. I mean, I yeah, I agree. Mathematically speaking, I agree with you. I just, I don't know. I do think that's the best they could do. Like, who knows? how yeah, well, what kind of damage that does to you over years of doing this is like your main lifestyle like yeah yeah i don't know man it's yeah. tough but i mean in the end they didn't screw over their kid so like that was that's true. somewhat redemptive i i would argue though for 26 years they were screwing over their kid so you know who knows exactly yeah, yeah i mean they were not good people there's no way around that i'm going up to an eight by the way okay yeah i'm going from a seven to an eight i think that's that's the right move nice <sighs> You got anything else you want to touch on? Old Dolio, she was named that because <laughs> there was a guy who won the lottery. And her parents thought that if they named her Old Dolio, he, what was it that he might see her one day, like find her name and like come give her money? Or they might mistake the lottery and give her the money. No, they, they made a deal with them that like if they named their daughter after him, because he was an old bum. Was an old oh, homeless right, guy, right, 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 named Old Dolio, and if they named their daughter after him, that that she would be included in his will. That's and what he was. spent yeah. all of his money before he died. Yeah, man. So now your name's just Old Dolio. I don't know about five hundred dollars for living in that cubicle room, right, with the foamy walls. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what reality that is. Like, I, I don't know, man. Some of this is like not totally real world, but it's close enough. Where I'm like, I guess this is how these people live. Right. That's the parasite part of this movie, by the way. Like mm. that sort of like weird, like surviving day to day, doing whatever you got to do, even though it's clearly fucking insane to everybody else. Yeah. I don't know. Um, very good movie. Very troubling. The Abe scene made me very sad. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know, eight for me, 8.7 for you. Kajillionaire. You want to take a break? Let's take a break. If you suddenly find yourself being a cajillionaire with money to spend, like it's just coming out of your ears, you should treat yourself to a fantastic craft beer and perhaps a delicious chicken sandwich. And if you want to do that, you should go to the handlebar right here in Chico, California. It is a fantastic beer and now full bar. It's been there for a while. It's fine. You can get liquor, you can get wine, you can get fantastic deals on all of the aforementioned liquids. Every single day of the week from 2 to 6 p.m., you're going to get money off craft beer. You're going to get half off bottles of wine and fantastic cocktail deals. Max, tell them where it's at and why they should go because they love us. 2070 East 20th Street. Like my friend Johnny said, it's the handlebar right here in Chico. They got that sweet, sweet happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. So even if you're not a cajillionaire, you save some money, you get a great deal. Handlebar Chico, go check them out. We are back from a break, my friend. It is time for another beer, another one you picked out, another one from the acclaimed Wild Mind Artisan Ales out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this one has a bit of, uh, let's say, 8-bit, 16-bit history. I don't know. We'll get into it. But it's called Electric Rainbow. Tell me about it. It's got bits, man. It's got lots and lots of bits. Second beer 
from Wild Minds. This is a sour ale brewed with a trio of complementary fruits, raspberry, peach, and lemon, and dry hopped with azaka Fuck. to enhance the <laughs> beer's stone fruit notes okay. and citrus aromas. Drink like a fresh drinks like a fresh raspberry lemonade mixed with peach preserves. Okay, really Mother quickly. of my yeah, God. My expletive was because on this show, I don't like Azaka hops, but I don't know that I've had a beer, certainly not a sour, that has used Azaka for a dry hopping. Um, so we'll see. I know you this is, you love Azaka hops. Is this beer? This looks like red, red wine. It makes me feel so fine. Okay, <laughs> nice. I'm going to pour mine as well, but I'm going to go off of just the description and say that if that Whoa. last beer was too acidic for you, I don't know that this one's going to be your best friend. But as I'm pouring mine, would you describe the can slash give some context for why it's called what it's called? I can't because my head just fucking exploded because oh, I just no. tried this beer. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Okay, go. I can't handle the amount of mouth watering that is happening right now. Oh, Holy. That. Wow. Wow. What? I don't Dude. know, man. Wild mind, you brought out the Owen Wilson and Johnny, which is a, a rare thing. Wow. Wow. Oh, okay. So this looks like um it looks like that plum beer that we did. Um it looks like Upland Sour Ales. Um Nope. Yeah, no, it does. Um Upland Sour Ales. It was a Oh, I wish I could think of the name. It looks like a beer from Upland, is my point. Haven't smelled nope. it, haven't tasted it. You're thinking it. of the plum beer that we did, but it wasn't Upland. No, I'm I'm thinking of both. The plum one I couldn't think of, so I moved on to my second choice, which was Upland. Okay. What's the plum one I'm thinking of? That was from some gypsy brewer. You it was definitely not. No. It had an octopus on the can. I remember that. Oh, yep. It's called it was called Octopi. Um Oct oh I know what this is called. I'll think of it. Octopi? It was called Octopi something. I'll figure it out. Why why is your brain brain exploded? What is what is going on? Man, this thing, it really tastes like raspberry lemonade and peach preserves. That descriptor is crazy accurate. This beer is insane. This is like a pastry sour. What is happening? It's like candy. It's like the inside filling of a Danish had sex with a sour beer and uh, then put it in my mouth. I love when you get descriptive like that. To, to clarify, the beer was called Plum from Octopi Brewing out of uh, Wanakee, Wisconsin. And it was yeah. a Berliner Weiss and it was 4.5%. And we did it back on episode 185. So if you like what we're about to say and you're like, what's another beer like that? Maybe go back and listen to that one because it might be similar. I haven't tasted it. I can't uh, I can't say, but I'm about to. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Here comes Santa Claus. Holy cannoli. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Mm, I would say you didn't warn me, but you super did. I warned you a lot. Okay. Wow. Okay, my eyes watered. It was like my mouth, my body was like, your mouth cannot produce enough water, so we're going to throw it up to the old eyeballs. Yeah, dude. There's water coming out of every hole. Okay, that's the, that's the, that, okay, that's the sourest beer I've ever had in my life. <laughs> that's intense, my dude. Um, oh, uh, I don't know. That, which, I, like my flavor receptors shut down and my mouth was just like survival mode. Good luck getting this down. So I don't even know what it tastes like. I just know that yeah. it's super sour. My mouth is happy and my Holy chest hurts. Um, wow. Okay. Give me more on how it looks because it doesn't quite look like red wine, but it's as beer goes, I suppose so. But if you put an extra red wine, that would be absurd. Um, no, it's like it looks like a smoothie. Like if you made like a, a, like a cranberry smoothie. Good Lord, that's flavorful. Yeah. I didn't know beer could have that much flavor. I think it's too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It yeah. really reminds me of New Glarus's uh, raspberry sour or raspberry tart. Mm-hmm. I think is what it was called. That's what it's called. But like cranked up to like eleven on the sour. Um, because it's got that that just candied raspberry vibe. Like it's got just a mouthwatering sweetness, but it is like uh, so much lemon. It's so much. It's so it's so acidic and tart. And, and I don't know how it can be so sour and also so sweet. I don't either. My lips are like drying out. I, it's so weird. <laughs> how is this the most sour and the most sweet beer I've ever had in my life? Yeah, isn't that nuts? Um, okay. Well, I guess sticking to format, I'm going to say what I wanted to say. Um, so it's called Electric Rainbow. On the can is a bright yellow lightning bolt sort of stabbing the original uh, Rainbow Road from Mario Kart. This particular course first appeared in Mario Kart, the 1992 edition for the Super Nintendo, and it's made multiple iterations since, most recently, my God, in uh, the Mario Kart 8 for the Nintendo (laughs) Switch, which uh, there are two Rainbow Roads, but one of them is the original. Uh, Johnny, you've you've played that at this point, right? I've played all of the levels multiple times. Right. Um, Okay. That was my fun fact for this beer, and now I just have to drink it again. So I'm going to do that. What, What are your thoughts in the moment? I think I'm dizzy. There's a like, weird, th- yeah, it's weird, right? What's the ABV on this again? 4.5. That's not, that's not good. That's not good at all. Ooh. Holy that's Jesus. This, mm, mm, we shouldn't, we shouldn't even, we should give each other like a minute before the other one drinks. I don't know, man. It's getting to my chest now. It makes my chest hurt, like, mm-hmm. but I like the taste of it, but I can't. I feel like I should be snorting lines of Tums like a Motley Crue member in 1984. I don't like it. Dude, I can't Jesus. drink it. I can't drink this beer, so I don't like it, you know? Uh, my mouth is watering and my lips are dry. I'm like a desert and a flooded plain at the same time. Wild mind, you certainly have one. This, this is, beer makes me is, feel like I'm bipolar and I'm a little dizzy and I don't know. <sighs> I can't stop squinting. I know. I've been squinting the whole time. Why are we squinting? All right. I'm going to rate it. This is absurd. I don't absurd. know. What the, what the fuck is happening to my mouth? This beer is a 4.5. <sighs> that feels low. Yeah. It's yes. But it's, I don't understand. I don't know if I can take another sip. But yes. I really want to. It's no. so good. Look, if there's any beer you literally can't drink again, you got it. And I'm not going four. I'm going four. I just saw 4.5 because of the ABV, but I don't really do those decimals. So I'm going to go four. Did they push this beer too far, Max? Yeah. Yeah. They reached the precipice of scientific possibility and they said, what if we turn that up to 11? And everyone in their right mind, all the interns were like, don't do it. Don't do it. And they're like, you don't get paid. And we're like, that's yeah, true. Um, and Holy then Jesus Mother of God. I, I would drink the the normal rainbow. I don't know that you had to electrify it. This seems like a lot, you know? Whew. Where are you at out of, out of 10? By the way, there's, there's no peach in this beer. That is insane. They I should not have listed peach. Really hurts. This and I beer st- might kill me. And I still hate Azaka, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was right all along. Oof. This beer is like stabbing me in the sternum. Yeah. With it's, it's acidity. A, yeah, it's a lot. Me too. Oh, this beer is a 6.66 because it's pure way fucking too high. evil. No, no, that's a compliment in your book. You can't give oh, it. No. Oh, God. Jesus. Well, I don't think I hate it. You don't like it that much. You I don't can't hate drink it. it, dude. You've spent most of this time complaining about it. I, are these complaints? Yes. 
there feels like something stabbing you in the sternum. You don't know if you can drink more. You think your eyes are going to burn out. I feel you wish Satan would sodomize you. You've said all these things. Of course, they're bad. Well, dizzy could be good. No, that's really good. I just drank some more. Here we go. It's super good. All right. What are you going out of 10? It's so jammy and tart. Dude, I don't know if I can drink more than four ounces of this, but I'm enjoying the shit out of these four ounces. This is one of the most ridiculous beers I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, It's a 6.4. All right. 6.4. I think if you like sour beers, you'll absolutely love this. I think this one makes me question my sense of reality. Um, So wild mind brewing, guys. You know that scene in Fight Club? Where Brad Pitt pours that acid on Edward Norton's hand. Yeah. That's in my stomach. Yeah. And I'm you trying to go to my swallowed. happy place, but there is Helen Bottom Carter. And she's <sighs> like, Ugh, and then Brad Pitt slaps me in the face. And then I drink more to try to numb the pain, but it makes it worse. And then he's like, you are not your khakis. That's exactly right. Man, I don't yeah. know. This is too much. It's, exci- oh, it's exciting, but... What an experience. I would say this is the one time I've probably ever and maybe will ever say this. I don't like it. You got to try it. Go buy this. <laughs> right? What a weird marketing strategy. If they knew that, they're like, no one's going to dig it. But everyone's going to be like, you got to try this beer. This beer reminds mm. me of like doing questionable drugs with a stranger in a bathroom for the first time. Like it might kill you. It might kill you. You kind of want to try it. You probably shouldn't. Listen to me, sir. As your friend. If you've done that and are considering doing it again, please don't do that. Okay. Well, you can't. Like bars aren't even open. It's not even an option, Max. I don't want that to be your reason. No, young, younger, like twenties Johnny was a wild man. Well, that's probably true. Thirties Johnny's 30s, a wild man. Thirties Johnny's a different kind of wild man. <sighs> Electric Rainbow. I'm over this for the moment, probably forever. Six point four for you, four for me. Is there anything else you want to add about this beer? I can smell colors. <laughs> so no. <laughs> um, hey, so I'm really excited to debut a new magic button on my end. Are you ready to go into hot and bothered? It, yeah. I whew, I think I can start breathing normally again. Hot and We're into it. Yes, sir. Uh, like that churchy sort of almost amen hot and bothered would suggest. We are in hot and bothered. Johnny Summers. Um, and for anyone that hasn't heard the show before, Hot and Bothered is the part of the show where we talk about our weeks. What's got us really excited? What's got us kind of bummed out? We lumped it all together, called it Hot and Bothered. It's not sexual, unless it is. Um, but based on the list that I'm looking at, only one third of it is potentially sexual. And we'll save that for the end. But um, you've got something with Miley Cyrus. So what's that about? I do. So she just put out an album, uh, December 2020, called Wild, uh, Wild Minds, I believe. Is that what it's? No, it's called Plastic Hearts. I'm high. I know exactly what you did, by the way. I feel like you were what? writing your notes, and we were talking about Wild Minds. Or Wild Mind, rather. And you <laughs> yep. just happened to write. So what's it called? Plastic Hearts? Plastic Hearts. Great. Yep. I was like, as I'm reading it, I'm like, that's not What are the it. odds? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, no. But yeah. yeah, she put out an album called Plastic Hearts, and I've been listening the crap out of it. Uh, particularly a song called, where did it go? I just had it pulled up. Uh, balls. I was just listening to it. It's Give Me What I Want. I love that song. It's my favorite song on the record. And there's some bangers, which is a deep Miley Cyrus reference. Yes, it is. Um, 
I'm, I'm a fan. I've always been a fan. I like her stuff, and this is no exception. It's got a really cool, like, 80s new wave, but also, like, a lot of industrial, almost inspired pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really well-crafted pop album, and it's very pleasing to the ears, and I like the songwriting quite a bit. So that's my record that I've been listening to this week. Uh, that's got me pretty hot. You should check it out if you're a Where fan of Where can I check it out? Um, you know, the normal places, yeah, okay. iTunes, um, the music store, Tower Records, um, possibly FYE mm. at your local shopping mall dormitorium. Radio Shack? Yeah. You know, sure. Maybe a Radio Shack. They might have it on cassette tape. Yeah. There is a song on here with um, Billy Idol that I was a pretty big fan of. There's a song on there with Joan Jett. That was pretty rad. So yeah, you should check it out. I think it's really good. Dope. Will do. Okay, cool. Also, I am fired up by another super sexy uh, kind of teen heartthrob songwriter. Okay. Um, that is actually here in Chico, and it's you. It's me? It's you. What are you talking about? So I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> for too long. For all, for all my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Nice. Uh, yeah, nice. you finally released the finished product, your cover of Coheed and Cambria's Wake Up, and I was absolutely blown away with by it. It was more than I ever expected. I've been listening to it almost as much as Miley Cyrus this week. And oh, thanks, man. Gosh darn it. That's some high praise. Um, if you haven't heard it, you should check out Max's Instagram. Uh, it's really good. It's on his Instagram TV uh, it's called Wake Up, and it's an amazing cover of one of my favorite songs of all time. And it was uh, one of a long list of reminders that I get from you of just how damn talented you are and how lucky we are to have you around. So, oh, that's so sweet. Uh, you are definitely at the tippy tip top of my hot this week, and I love your talent. And uh, keep doing it, man. It inspires me, and it makes me really happy. Oh, thanks, so, dude. I loved it a lot, and it meant a lot to me. That song means a lot, and you poured your heart into it, and I felt it, and I love it, and I appreciate you. So thank you for that cover, and it's got me very hot this week. You are very welcome. My last thing that I'm going to talk about is Hannibal. I love this show. I'm completely addicted to it. I haven't watched any movies. Uh, I've been completely hooked on Hannibal. It's on Netflix. It's on Amazon Prime. It is a series that was originally on, I want to say, NBC somehow it's Mm. super violent and dark and i don't know how it was ever on network television um but mads mickelson plays the titular hannibal Mm -hmm. and it is so good if you're a fan of of thomas harris's books or of dark psychological horror and you've never read any of his books you will absolutely love it i've been eating this show up with a spoon it's incredibly well written well acted the cinematography is is top notch like every episode feels like it could be a part of a big budget like horror drama crime drama uh some of the cinematography and costume design is just incredible um I absolutely love it. And also like Lawrence Fishburne plays special agent Jack Crawford, who's like uh, a boss in the FBI. So there's some really big acting power behind this. Uh, And I think it's a fantastic series that if you're looking for something to binge that you maybe slept on this and you're out of shows to watch, uh, take it on my recommendation. If you like stuff that I like, you'll love this show. Fair. Um, Have have you ever watched it? No, I haven't. And I was, I was hoping, um, I was expecting it next week because we're going to be talking about a Madden's Mickelson movie, but um, 
I was going to ask you next week if you had ever seen Hannibal, so I'm glad you brought it up this week because it's I've, I've heard it's one of his sort of uh, more iconic roles. Yeah, it's so good. He's like he rivals Anthony Hopkins in the role of of Doctor Lecter, which is Whoa. really surprising because yeah. that is a a cornerstone of creepy cinema. Yes, so he he does the part such justice, and oh my god, his fashion is immaculate nice you'll want to watch every episode just to see what cut what suit he's wearing you get me it's so cool oh my god yeah. i love it <laughs> so yeah check it out check out hannibal nice dude well on top of all of that stuff it has been kind of a weird week um granted that's sort of got an asterisk before it in any week following 2020 but it's been an extra weird week um particularly politically speaking um there was a raid on the capitol building and as of the day we are recording this, and I know we don't typically get into politics, but I think regardless of where you land on this, this is quite historical. Um, Donald J. Trump became the first president to be impeached twice, which is yeah. pretty wild. Like that's in the history of America never happened. Um, I thought it was great. And that happened today. And I feel like just for the sake of um, sort of date stamping this podcast, that's worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed that day. That got me hot. Also threw on a movie the other day, or rather my wife Gianna did. And it was a movie that came out earlier in 2020 called Like a Boss. And okay. you've probably never heard of it. I know a lot of people listening haven't heard of it. Um, was that the one with Tiffany Haddish? You have heard of it. Maybe people listening oh, yeah. have heard of it. Yeah, Tiffany Haddish, Rose Byrne. They played two best friends who co-own um, and started from the ground up a uh, cosmetics business. And they are mm-hmm. offered a, um, a corporate partnership with a gal played by Salma Hayek. And the letterbox description goes like this. Two female friends with very different ideals decide to start a beauty company together. One is more practical while the other wants to earn her fortune and live a lavish lifestyle. Um, It's bad. It's directed by uh, Miguel Arteta. And I wrote this in my uh, two out of five star review for any non-math whizzes that will translate on our show to four out of ten. I wrote a little quote, embracing my flaws, unquote, and true friendship goes a long way after a year like 2020. I was happy to sit through this on a rainy Tuesday, which is just about right. Like, there's a lot of kind of dumb jokes and physical comedy that aren't, isn't that funny. Um, but Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne joking around for a half an hour is a fine time, especially again, after kind of a weird year. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, so that's, what's got me hot and that's it this week. No bothered for me. That's good. What are we doing next week, dude? Ooh, I'm excited. I picked the movie. Yay. Yes, you did. Uh, yeah, we are going to be watching a movie called Another Round. It was directed by Thomas Vinterberg, and it stars the aforementioned Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, I've heard that this movie has already got some Oscar buzz. Um, the two movies I've heard around Best Actor are this and um, The Sound of Metal. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, okay, um, sure. Just, just for, you know, singular acting and a year where not many blockbuster, groundbreaking, or fantastic movies came out. Blockbuster, I, I give s- you fantastic, I do not concede. That's fair. Uh, I don't know. We should talk about who we should be, who we think should be nominated for Best Actor next week. We can't do it next uh, week. I got to see more movies. All right. Well, so far, if you're saying that great movies have come out, I want to know what oh, you think so far. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Hit me with who you think should get nominated from what you've seen so far. Can it's you give hard. me like the elevator pitch for what another round is about? Uh, so essentially it's a group of colleagues. I believe they're college professors, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, do kind of a social experiment to maintain a level of alcohol in their system for a certain amount of time and kind of just see what it's like, see what happens. So basically just 
kind of get a little buzzed, but just for a really like long time, lots of days in a row. Right. I think. And, go. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I feel like it's going to lead to some some hijinks, some funny stuff, yeah. maybe some self reflection. Uh, I'm really excited about this movie. Yeah, I think the specifics is that because I just watched the trailer the other day, I hadn't seen one yet um, until you really started caping for this. But the idea is that you keep point zero five percent. Uh, nice. which is just at least in America. And this is not an American film. It's a Danish film um, under the legal limit by 0 0.03. And they only drink during work hours, which is again, either college professors or maybe high school teachers. Um, they don't drink at night. Don't drink on the weekends. Um, and, and by the nature of alcohol, I think that probably goes a little bit awry. Um, and yeah, the hijinks that will ensue will, will probably be comedic, but also um, I'm hoping for yes, more introspection and um, you know, uh, Good performance by Mickelson. I've seen a lot of memes um, of him dancing, <laughs> put to different nice. music. So I've I've heard a lot about this over the past couple of weeks. So I'm I'm also really excited. Um, what are what brewery are we featuring featuring next week? We are dipping back into something we haven't done for damn near ten months. Eight months. Fantastic. Nine months. No, it was eight. Bingo. Great. <laughs> Altamont Beer Works out of Livermore. We haven't done them in six to twelve months. Steel. It's going to be a wild time. We're going to be doing two super fresh beers from them that are available here in Chico. So stay tuned for that next week. Another round and Altamont Beer Works. Yeah, to shout that out, um, we decided this on our Patreon bonus content this week. Again, we reviewed one of their beers, Instant Stratification, and we thought, you know, we haven't done them in a while. How long has it been? And, and I guess seven months, Johnny guessed nine. It turned out it actually was eight um, so again, just to plug Patreon one more time, shamelessly, if you want to be a part of those conversations, maybe weigh in to what movies we cover and what beers we drink, join us on Patreon. It's a fun way to keep the show running and we super appreciate all the help, which is also to say the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. And until next week, that's Johnny Summers. That shameless hussy is Max Minardi. We'll see you next time. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.